The virtual CISO moment is brought to you by VCISO Services, a leading provider of quality and experienced virtual chief information security officers for small and mid-sized businesses. Check them out at vcisoservices.com. Hi, I'm Greg Schaefer, and welcome to the Virtual CISO Moment. Michelle Drolet joins us today. She is the CEO of Tower Wall. Michelle, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here. And I'm glad you're here. This is the last episode of 2022, number 65. I can't believe that wow. I've done 65 of these this entire year. So so thank you. I really appreciate you, uh, you spending a little bit of time here. So um, I'd like to get started with um, talking about how you got into IT and information security and cybersecurity, the how and the why, and then um, just take us through your journey to where now where you are with the um, tower wall. Sure. So my story is just a little bit different. So I went to school for criminal justice and political science because I really wanted to go into the FBI. Um, and I actually had an interview and I met my husband at that same time. So I had to choose between an interview with the FBI or this wonderful man that I've been married to for 35 years. So uh, I think I made the right decision. I, it sounds like you did, yes. <laughs> so uh, to, to make a long story short, I ended up in, in tech, uh, in project management, technical training, not anywhere close to being in cybersecurity. And fast forward, ended up um, at an organization that was a value-added reseller. Mm -hmm. And uh, we resold different technologies uh, and moved into the cybersecurity component. And I was asked to actually run his U.S. operations. So uh, in 1992, uh, I started running that organization. In 1997, we sold it. And in 1999, I bought Towerwall back from the organization we sold it to. Uh, and we actually did our first penetration test. Uh, so, you know what? There's so many different aspects of cyber. Um, there's the sales, there's the engineering, there's the there's the CISO, there's the um, GRC, there's the vulnerability, there's just so many different components, and that's what makes it so exciting. Absolutely, yeah, and and uh, sometimes like younger folks will ask us, um, will ask like you know how do I get into cyber, and my first question will be. Um, that what part of cyber do you want to be in? <laughs> There's a lot there. And in fact, uh, just speaking about questions, I know uh, you and I talked for a very brief time at a conference in Murfreesboro a few months ago. Um, unfortunately, I was I was time um, challenged, if you will. But at that conference, if you remember, we actually had a lot of a lot of younger folks there starting out in cybersecurity. And one of the people came up to me, uh, she's 19. She said, if you could tell your 19 year old self something now based on what you learned, mm -hmm what would it be? And it was networking. I think it's so important to get out because when you get out and you talk to people, then you learn about all the different aspects of cyber and um, information security, which I would submit is, is a little bit broader than cyber, but everybody has sort of a different um, way to define it. So, um, okay. So let's, let's talk a little bit about tower wall. Um, what, what services do you provide and, and uh, what's, what's like a, typical client look like? So again, we've been in business for you know, 20 plus years uh, and we don't do anything but cyber. So we're not an MSP. We're not an MSSP. We are not um, 
a lot of things. We are the preparedness side of an incident. Mm-hmm. Uh, I truly believe in partnership. So it's really nice, you know, to, to meet you, Greg, you know, in, in that from that conference. That was awesome. But, you know, we really try to walk alongside our customers in their different journeys uh, for cyber because everybody's in a different place. And, you know, whether it's we created something called seven dimensions of cybersecurity. We had the four E's before evaluate, establish, educate and enforce. Mm-hmm. And we took that to a different level. And so when we look at cyber with our customers, whether they're SMB, whether they're mid-market or whether they're enterprise, it's like, okay, what does your information security program look like? One of my consultants many, many moons ago said, you know what, you could build a house without a blueprint, but would you want to live in it? The same thing goes for a cyber. Yeah, right? no, that's, that's, a, that's a very good analogy. Uh-huh. Yeah, I like that. So, um, you know, we, we can shoot from the hip, we can firefight, but that's not going to help us. So if we can have a really plan in place that build out an information security pro- program plan, build out, you know, your incident response plan, you know, do your tabletop exercises. They don't have to be massive, even if you're little. Um, and then, you know, your vulnerability management, what does that look like? So, you know, do your annual penetration test. Look at the inside, uh, you know, put the right tech staff in place. Uh, and then know who you're working with, because that's scary too, um, with all the different things that are happening. So we, again, propose, really promote ourselves as that fifth wall of our customer. And so our customers are in their four walls and they get really bogged down with a lot of different stuff. So what is that crowdsourcing? What's happening out in the industry? What do they need to pay attention to? And again, we really, really take pride in doing that. And you do that by providing um, the uh, uh, the actual knowledge and experience I, I, uh, of of a virtual CISO. I, I know that we share the passion of understanding what is needed. And and I, I kind of use the term virtual CISO here as an umbrella term for all the items that you were talking about. Um, but as you as you know that um, there are some areas that some providers that provide a service called a virtual CISO or whatever, but it's not really, it's not exactly like what a virtual CISO should be. It's not, not risk management um, based. And so you're not getting that experience. And so one of the questions I started to ask folks that, that are in the same genre, if you will, as, as what, what we provide is um, how, how, what would you say to a, a business that's looking to engage services along those lines as to what makes a, a good virtual CISO versus one that you maybe isn't going to be everything that you think that it would be? Right. So actually, it's interesting. We just had a conversation about this this morning <laughs> with one of our clients, uh, and we've been doing projects for them. So building out um, different policies and programs and things like that. And so the next phase of this is, again, can the continuum, so building out the um, overarching, the security capability model, uh, a data retention policy, uh, doing, uh, you know, building out the incident response plan, the tabletop exercise. And while those are projects, uh, they also need that C-level person to come in and be um, a place, you know, have a, a placeholder uh, in the C-suite, but also at the board, um, and be able to, you know, answer the questionnaires and be be able to be agile. So, um, and the sounding board, 
Right. And so that's what we really look for um, from a VCSO or a security consultant perspective. Everybody uses that term VCSO now. We started, I know. I think you started it a long time ago too, before it was cool. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, it really is walking alongside our, our customers and helping them understand kind of moving that ball forward, uh, no matter what it is, vendor risk management, their cyber insurance program, uh, all, all of those different components. Uh, and nobody's the same because everybody's in a different place in the journey. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, um, you said something else too about how, and I totally agree because I, I I feel the same way, um, being separate from being, don't want to be an MSP or an MSSP. And then, and then you have that sort of separation of duties there. Um, that, you know, I spoke with someone a few weeks ago, uh, I think Derek Andrews, and he made a note talking about the difference between different virtual CISOs that um, he said that a couple that he's worked with they um how how did he put it he said they were light on cyber even lighter on it and really the only thing that they seemed to be good about was with billing <laughs> and i kind of oh, wow. at that. But, <laughs> but 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 the point though that he made he go went a little bit further i never thought about this before and it's a good argument for keeping it separate from the msp space is that sometimes msps will and i'm not i'm not railing on the MSPs, don't get me wrong, but some will pro provide that sort of service so that you have an inside salesperson. They'll say, it's like, hey, you need to get this tool. Oh, and by the way, it's a very coincidentally that we sell that. And um, I think that that's one thing to watch out for too. But from your perspective, other advantages for keeping it separate from your consulting, your security consulting, call it whatever it is from an MSP? Right. So it's kind of, I, I use... So way back in the day, you had network consulting companies, right? Mm -hmm. And then all of a sudden, security was there. And all of a sudden, these network um, consulting companies had a security arm. Now, they did it okay. Um, but if you don't do it day in and day out, it's kind of like forensics. So we have two partners that we partner with. Mm -hmm. Now I have certified incident handlers on my team. But it's not something that we do. And so I can't say that I can give you my best to the best, but I can bring the best to the table. Right. And so we can't be everything to everybody. And that's what a lot of these managed service providers are trying to do. And managed service providers basically are network consulting companies. Right. That's what they are. Uh -huh. And now they're adding the security component, the managed security service providers that potentially are, you know, managing the SIMs and the endpoints and those types of things from an EDR perspective. Again, would you want, you know, the fox in the hen house? Right. So, you know, having that third party, having a tower wall come in and do that pen test, right? Come in and do the risk assessment to make sure that your MSSP and or your MSP is doing the right thing because all they are is an extension of your team mm -hmm. and they need to be managed and watched to make sure that they're doing what's right for your organization. And while tower wall, we have an MSP. Okay. That, that manages our network. Cause that's not what I want to do, nor just my team. Right. But I have somebody managing that partnership. We also have alert logic who, 
you know, is our MDR solution. We resell that solution, but they monitor us. And I have somebody managing that relationship. There is separation of church and state, and it needs to be that way. Well, it's kind of like, you know, you think about an analogy in the medical field. It's, it's, do you, do you want, I mean, it's good to go to a general practitioner to sort of make sure that, you know, your vitals are fine and this and that. But um, if you need to have like open heart surgery, are you going to ask your general practitioner for that? It's like you, you really, but then again, are you going to ask the, uh, a, a cardiac a cardiologist, um, um, how to, how to take care of a knee problem? That's the only thing I could think of right now, because <laughs> I, I've gotten to the age where I was telling my wife this morning, she's like, I, I told her I hurt my knee. And she said, how, I don't know. It, it just it happened overnight while I was in bed. It's like, you get old and things just start hurting. But no, I, 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 I think that that's so important. And also from the segregation of duties and the, uh, you know, keeping in the, the three lines of defense, the, uh, um, um, the first line being operational, second line being risk management, third being audit that keeps all of us honest and happy and all that. Um, but you obviously have worked with a lot of small and mid-sized businesses over the years. Um, what is one thing that you would think today would be a, a significant threat from a cybersecurity perspective for SMBs? Significant threat is ransomware. Uh-huh. Um, because, number one, I, I was doing a little bit of research. I just did a talk uh, recently, and I think it was, it was 282 or 272. I can't remember the exact number. But when ransomware first came out, right, it was $500, it was $1,000, it was like nothing. It was like, okay, you know, shouldn't, shouldn't pay it. But, but, um, but now it's significant. Yeah. And, and the organizations that have and get ransomed, um, even if they have cyber insurance, uh, the statistics says that they're going to be out of business in six months because it has that grave of impact. So user awareness, having your, employees be part of your cybersecurity team is really important. Having your C-suite understand that just because you're small doesn't mean that people don't want you. Mm -hmm. Everybody exactly. has something somebody wants, whether it's your IP intellectual property, whether it's your bandwidth, whether it's your employees information, whether it's healthcare records, whether it's social security, whatever it is, there's something that somebody wants. And so you need to do your due diligence and put the programs in place, no matter how big or small you are. And it needs to be right-sized and it needs to come from the top uh, from a risk perspective, right? Um, with that risk mitigation that you were talking about earlier. Yeah, and sometimes I think that yeah, you know, you're talking about the ransom and all of that. And uh, of course, a lot of times they ask for it in Bitcoin. And maybe if they just hold out a little bit longer, the way that crypto is falling, it's like the ransom will become <laughs> almost nothing. I mean, I, I I think procrastination is great, but I'll get back on that topic at some point in time. Oh, but um, <laughs> but no, I and I think it, um, you hit on a very good point there too, as far as the risk management perspective of that for SMBs. Because SMBs, I think sometimes... <laughs> Um, they 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 view cybersecurity risk as like an off on type thing, and uh, and and I know for me that was a very difficult concept to think about early in my career, where it's like if I can't provide a hundred percent solution and something happens, I'm in trouble. I'm going to get fired. It's like no, it doesn't really work that way. And so to have that sort of experience, um, 
to be able to lead small, mid-sized businesses down that road is well, just and now, and now there's there's a lot going on um, with privacy, right? Privacy and security are, are, are different things, right? Those are yes, very much so. But but they're they're commingling, like with GDPR or California or Massachusetts has MISPA now. Uh, mm -hmm. That's an act that should be signed uh, as a regulation January or February. So you know, and there there's steep fines for this stuff. So you know, uh, understanding kind of where you play, but then understanding that you don't have to do everything. I always say to our customers, we don't need to drink from a fire hose, right? Yeah. Let's do things methodically, and if we can show our two to three year, four year plan. You know what? Some of it costs money. I mean, if you have a requirement that you need a, a logging SIM type technology, well, that's expensive. So you need to make sure that, you know, it's budgeted. You know, putting your different policies and programs and reviews and your pen tests. It's like, okay, I do an annual pen test. You know, let's show that we do that. Or we've, we've signed up for it. We haven't completed it but we are signed up and here's, you know, here we can show you the SOW that we've got. So at least we're moving that ball forward. We have a lot of discussions with cyber insurance organizations on behalf of our customers. And, um, and that, um, sorry, and that, uh, you know, again, due diligence, due care, uh, it helps, it helps them. We just recently actually had a, a customer um, got dinged because they had never done their dark web scan. And that's one oh, of really? our specialties. So we go, it's a nasty place, but go into the dark web and, and uh, see if there's any information on the client. <laughs> and um, we built out the SOW. They have it, they took it to the auditor and said, this is what we're gonna be doing. We're not gonna do it in 2022, we're going to budget it for 2023. And they said, good for you. Do it yeah. and we'll come back. And that's so huge to the, the, a colleague of mine once referred to that as being directionally correct, but you're basically going like forward that. in the right direction because it's like, you've acknowledged there's a problem. You've identified there's a problem. You've acknowledged yeah. it and you've got a plan for it. And you can't just fix everything at once. Oh, and I charge $5 every time somebody uses that for a phrase. Okay, right? I am so ready to do <laughs> I can't claim. I'll claim. send you the $5. <laughs> I cannot claim credit for it, but it is a very important concept. I, I Just about every auditor that I've dealt with, and you could probably agree with this too. Well, you pretty much just said that. If you can show the auditor that you're making progress in a certain direction, they're going to give you some leeway. Now, if you say that, okay, we've got this plan to be implemented next year, and then next year they audit. Oh, yeah, no, then all yeah. are Yeah, and it's almost like a shame, you know, fool me once, shame on me, fool me twice, shame on you type thing. You don't want to go too far down that path. Right, we do a lot of, uh, like, SOC 2, type 1, type 2 readiness. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. And then, you know, walk alongside our clients through the audits or ISO, uh, ISO readiness. Uh, and so, you know, Again, that first audit, uh, when the auditors come in, there's there's dancing that happens, right? And then as you progress, the dancing gets less because they ask more. And now a lot of these things are getting much more entrenched in the cybersecurity or information security components. And they're, you know, if you're getting the auditor, you know, from Deloitte 
you know, that's right out of college that has the checklist. Well, you know, we've all had those, right? And that's that's not value. It's the the folks like Greg your, yourself or you know my consultants who have all sat on the customer side of the table and understands. You know, if they answer this question this way, we should ask this question. And right. let's do a little bit more probing than just checkoff boxes because that's that, going to actually help our customers. That experience is invaluable. Made me think about when I was in the Air Force early on and. Uh, um, you know, when a when an officer is first minted, if you will, the a second lieutenant, they have little gold bars on their shoulders. So we called them butter bars. And it was not a complimentary um, um, saying per se. I mean, because typically a butter bar newly minted, they thought they meant knew everything. I would la- rather listen to a five year staff sergeant than a five day butter bar. But, you know, you still had to salute them and all that and everything. <laughs> So you still got to play with whatever auditor you got. It's just sometimes you 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 get you get the hand that you're dealt. Well, certainly everything in cyber and everything in IT is very and information security can be stressful. And I know for a fact, I, I'm about five and a half years into this business, and you've done it successfully for a lot longer. And I hope one day I can say the same thing. But I have learned that it can be pretty stressful some days more than others, but then you got to figure out some sort of way to get away from the stress for a little while. What's one thing that you do to decompress and get away from the stress? I love wine. No. <laughs> <laughs> well, we there you a, go. <laughs> there we go. So um, we have a, a, a second home in Plymouth, Massachusetts, and it overlooks the ocean. Mm-hmm. And so going and going for walks on the beach and, and having my family around and, you know, having nice meals and just just relaxing, um, gardening, I love, uh, riding bikes. I love to exercise. That's probably one of my big things is I yeah. exercise six, six days a week. Um, yeah. And I think that that keeps me mentally sharper um, and just physically better. Oh, abs- absolutely. I, I, I am a huge proponent. I work out at least six days a week as well, too. I think my knee issue actually was from Saturday doing deadlifts, tell you the truth. It just oh. didn't manifest itself <laughs> until Sunday evening. But um, Plymouth, uh, so so um, when I was a kid, they talked about the Pilgrims landing at something called Plymouth Rock. Is there really a rock? Oh, it's there? teeny tiny. It's very unimpressive. <laughs> really? I, I thought it was like the size of Mount Rushmore or something like Holy that. Holy moly. No, it's really kind of funny. Um, people people look at it and they go, oh. <laughs> but, yeah. okay. but, but, but you have to go see it. And Plymouth is very, it's a very cool, cool place. So it's how just, far How far from Boston, roughly? Just to give me an um, idea. So it's about 55 miles from our, our house uh, where we live here. Are, are you in Boston? We're right, right outside. We're about 15 miles outside of Boston. Oh, okay. I, I guess I didn't realize that. I was just using Boston as sort of a, like, I've been to Boston, but I've never been to Plymouth Rock. So so an hour, maybe a little bit longer drive. Something yeah, like that. exactly. That's Depending exactly upon if you right. speed and whether or not you get caught. So Exactly. 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 So, well, um, uh, future plans for the company and for you? Um, where's Tower Wall going in the future? So we continue to grow. Um, mm-hmm. It's crazy. Uh, we continue to add our to our team. I'm very blessed. Um, my oldest daughter joined as my director of sales, and she's oh, very, very good. smart. Uh-huh. So while I did not really have kind of a plan, um, I think I might have more of a plan uh, to to have her 
you know, potentially take over. Uh, but not for a little while because I still love what I do. <laughs> <laughs> well, very good. I do too. I, I, I've mentioned many times to folks that, uh, you know, thinking about retiring and I'm like, I don't know if I'm going to retire, when I'm going to retire. And actually in some ways, when I left corporate five and a half years ago, this was my retirement. Now I'm just having a ball with it. So. You know what? And, and what I say is as long as we can continue to help our customers and or or just people, businesses, to keep those bad people out of their networks or out of their environments. I got a call um, last Friday, Thursday, Friday, from um, somebody who just retired as the president of a university, mm-hmm. and uh, their their son works for a organization that does promotions for um, gamers in YouTube and TikTok, and their um, CEO had issues, and so I helped walk them through different things. I mean, that wasn't paid for; it was just doing the right thing, helping you know clean stuff up so that the bad guys can't do what they need to do because it's a trillion dollar industry, right? It's, it's crazy. It's crazy. So if we all stick together and work hard and smart, then, you know, maybe we can protect. Amen. Yes. And, and, and you know what, thank you for that segue because it gets, it lets me to say one more time this year before 2023, that if you have a heart of a servant, you will always be successful. So um, Michelle, oh, thank you. Thank you so much for joining us today and being our last special guest of the year. I really appreciate your time and I appreciate catching up. Yeah, it was very nice. I appreciate it as well. So I'm going to invite you to something soon. Okay. Okay, great. And everybody happy new year and stay secure.